morning there will be many out on the lawns, you know, walking in the garden. And there will be at home the yellowing and no peace. There will be many which will go out to the beaches without peace in their heart. We sing in, in the German hymn, they seek what they can't find. And so isn't it wonderful to know the peace of the Lord and didn't he work it out greatly and wonderfully that we should come together on the first day of the week to set our hearts of the things of the Lord, of those things which are above and which are internal. This morning we will speak on the Holy Spirit and his infilling power. As we go on in our study concerning the Holy Spirit, we should become more and more conscious of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. First of all, let me repeat some of the basic truths concerning the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, as much a person as God the Father and God the Son. Every believer, every born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit. This is very important that we are clear about that. For many people are confused about this. Remember that a few weeks ago we, on our visitation program we came into a home and we found dear Christians there, yet they were confused because they listen, uh, listened constantly to a radio program where this was very much um, stressed that we need a second experience, namely to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to receive special gifts like speaking in tongues and so on and so forth. And it is unless that we have this complete infillment of the Holy Spirit, we are not really sure of salvation. So this, uh, dear people, they were very much confused. And by the Holy Spirit, we were able to help them. We said, did you receive the Lord Jesus into your heart? And they said, yes, we believe with all our heart on the Lord Jesus. And he said, you know what the word of God said? As many as received him, to them gave his power, the privilege to become children of God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit is not divided. The new birth is always in the Holy Spirit. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. If we receive Jesus into our hearts, then the Holy Spirit is there. So we should be very clear about that. Then we have spoken about the Holy Spirit as teacher, according to John 16:13, where Jesus promises that he will guide, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and that he will show you things to come. We have spoken about the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit who is with us forever as Jesus promised. And in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us. I come unto you, that is what Jesus said. And if we say that Jesus dwells in us, then we don't mean this literally, but rather that he dwells in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
For Jesus said, if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit can't come. It's simply that if Jesus would have stayed here, he would have been confined to that area where he was, in Palestine. And we wouldn't have him. And Jesus said, it's good that I go away, because then the Holy Spirit can come. And he will be with you forever. I come unto you. So we see this wonderful truth of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So it is impossible to have any confusion about this. But some are confused. We came into another home and remember we found a, a lady, very intelligent lady, and she claimed that she was reading the Bible every day. And she said at one point, the more I read, the more I get confused. And when we uh, stressed very much that there must be a new birth and that we must give our heart to the Lord Jesus, and we asked her several times if she had done so in the past, and she always referred to her baptism. She was baptized when she was 20 years old in a Baptist church. But then we saw that she didn't really have the Lord and didn't know him. Because if we receive the Lord Jesus into our heart, then the Holy Spirit is there, and there is no confusion. I think of my own wonderful experience. You know, when I made a spiritual bankrupt, and uh, that very night I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit was there, and there was a deep hunger for the Word of God. And then I started to read the Word of God. And I was growing spiritually. And I didn't have anyone to help me. Nor did I have fellowship with any believer. I didn't know anyone. And then after a year, when the Lord finally closed the door of my home, and I had to leave my home, and I lost my job, it was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Then he led me uh, to another place, about 100 miles away where there were some other people too, not only a 100% Catholic town. And it was by the Holy Spirit that I was led into a home that night where I found a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the very first time in my Christian experience, I found someone who also believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, during that year before, where I was studying the Word of God, there was always one thing a little bit bothering me. And this was at one point, you know, when uh, my parents had called the priest and my relatives together, and we had this meeting at home. You know that the priest at one point said to me, you shouldn't have a Bible, Franz. You know that out of the Bible comes all the confusion and the error and the sex here which we have in this world. Only the church is privileged to interpret the, the Bible. And you know, although I had the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was my teacher, this was always a little bit bothering me. After all, should he be right? You know, but that certain night, after a year, I came into this home, and I found this dear belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we spoke for the whole night, about those things we have in the Lord. And see, what a discovery it was for me to see that this man 
understood the scripture as I understood it. It was wonderful and it should be so because the Holy Spirit is one. And this was a great experience so there shouldn't be any confusion whatsoever because the Holy Spirit is in us and if we are born again we have the Holy Spirit and if we are studying our uh, scriptures we should all have the same teaching. Well, and then last uh, Sunday, our dear brother Ron Flay spoke about the Holy Spirit and the special gifts, and also about the Holy Spirit and the gifts to the believers. And Ron did a wonderful job. I'm so happy, and I got a great, received a great blessing, as I'm sure as you did, for he combined this uh, two lesson wonderfully. But let me remind you this a special gift like apostleship and prophecy and wisdom and knowledge and healing and miracles and tongues and interpretation of tongues. This were all temporal gifts and they ceased as soon as the word of God was complete. But they are also those permanent gifts given to the church of Jesus Christ and to, and to each and every believer in order that the body of Jesus Christ, the church, should grow and should be healthy and strong. And now today we are going to speak about the Holy Spirit and his infilling power. And let us turn to our Bibles now and open Romans 8. Romans 8, and we read from 6 to 18. May I suggest that we read together Romans 8, from 6 to 18. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But he are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, for if he live after the flesh, he shall die. But if he through the Spirit to mortify the deeds of the body, he shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For he hath not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but he hath received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Just let us bow for a word of prayer. Father, once more we come to thee in Jesus' name, and we thank thee for all thy goodness and loving kindness. First of all, for salvation which we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, for the unspeakable gift of eternal life in him, who has loved us so much that he gave his life's blood for our redemption, Father. We thank thee for this salvation, Lord. And then we thank thee for the Holy Spirit, for his indwelling power. And, O oh Lord, now we add thy blessing upon this hour of fellowship, studying thy word. Lord, I pray that thou blessest dear people as thou hast blessed me when I was preparing this wonderful lesson, Lord. Bless us that we might yield our lives to him, Lord, that we might really be infilled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, touch upon our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look first of all at verse 9, verse 9, where it says at the end, Now if any man, any man, hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So simply, in order to belong to Jesus, we must have the Spirit of God. And as I said before, every believer has the Holy Spirit. As we said before, the new birth is by the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit and is a work of the Holy Spirit. But now we should distinguish between the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit who is with every believer in Christ. And we should distinguish between the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This second depends upon how much we let go, how much we yield to the Spirit of God. The scripture makes it very, very clear that there are those who are carnally minded among the Christians and there are those which are spiritually minded. Some are more carnal than others. And certainly there are many Christians, if you look at them, their life uh, doesn't seem different from the life of the others in this world. And if our life is not different from those which are in the world, then we better shut up and don't speak up for Jesus. Then we are very bad testimony. But it is possible. For instance, uh, the uh, Corinthians, they were the most carnal-minded people in that time of the early church. And the church has room for those kind of people. And the word of God has room for them. They are there. They are those carnal-minded people and they are those which are spiritual minded. 
I just refer to an old, uh, want to refer to an Old Testament character, to Lot. When we read the account and the report about Lot in the Old Testament, who would think that he was a believer? Who would think so? Impossible. He has set his mind on earthly things. Remember when they were standing on the hill, Abraham and Lot, and he looked up and he saw the beautiful land. Those lands which was watered and looked so fine and wonderful, he wanted to go there. And then the scripture says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And the next step he was in Sodom. And he became part of the city. So much when we read the account, it is hardly to conceive that he was a believer. And that God, because he had this faith, counted this for righteousness to him. So much so, that God has to pull, had to pull him out, that he would not be destroyed with the others when the judgment of God came upon Sodom and Gomorrah. He was the only righteous. So there are those which are carnally minded and those which are spiritually minded. Let me make it very clear that no one of us is fully and completely filled with the Holy Spirit. There was only one man, completely and to the full extent, filled with the Holy Spirit. And this, of course, was the Lord Jesus Christ. At one time, we might be more filled than at others. Let us turn to um, the book of Acts, to the fourth chapter. Just read one verse, for I want to make this point very clear Acts 4 31 here we have this wonderful story when Peter had healed this uh, lame man that uh, there was a great crowd in the temple and Peter spoke this wonderful sermon preached this wonderful sermon about Jesus Christ, Christ and salvation in him he preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ and said, No other name is given unto, unto us to be saved but Jesus Christ. And then there comes this court and he has to face uh, the Jews. And after that, he had only one desire, to go with his fellow Christians in prayer. And he went right over where the Christians met to a prayer meeting. And he spoke to the Lord about that what had happened. And there was only one desire in the heart. And this is, we read in 29, it says, And now, Lord, and this is their prayer, Behold their threatenings, that is, the Jews threatening them, and grant unto thy servants that they will, with all boldness, they may speak thy word. And then in verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Didn't they, have, didn't they have this experience before on Pentecost? So you know there are those up and downs in Christian life. You know there are many Christians which want to make us believe that we must have a second experience like the new birth. You know, and that's it, you know. One day we have this experience 
then when we are filled with the Holy Spirit completely and fully, and then we have it for the rest of our lives. That is not so. This was certainly a mountaintop experience, and this is probably the second one they had, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let us make it very clear that as long as we live, and as long as we are on our pilgrimage to heaven, there is this warfare in us going on between the flesh and the spirit. Paul was very clear about this. At one time he was more filled with the Holy Spirit than at others. And at one point he said, God help me, for I'm doing those things which I don't want to do. The warfare going on. And do we have to explain this? Every one of us knows that it is so. And that it is true. And then our text speaks about that to be carnally minded means death. And it doesn't mean spiritual death here because he is talking to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it speaks of the works which we do, if we are carnally minded and we get to heaven, we have nothing to give whatsoever to the Lord Jesus Christ, what we have done for him. All our works will burn and we will, will be saved, but yet so by fire, as the uh, word tells us. But to be spiritual minded means life. Then let us look into uh, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What a wonderful definition of the children of God. So let us ask ourselves, is there every day the anxiety in our hearts to please him who has saved us? Is this anxiety there to live our faith day by day? It is so clear that we as Christians are not supposed to live our own life, but rather that we have a Master and Lord, and that we have to yield to the Spirit, for He wants to lead us. You know, it is often so heartbreaking, and I think especially uh, back, you know, when we belonged to this old church, you know, all these people that came from Germany and uh, uh, out of some of very poor circumstances. Now they got the taste of a miracle, you know, and as soon as this happened, you know, their heart was set upon the dollars and the houses, you know, and their family's education and all this and that, you know, and we did a lot of visiting, you know, much more than we do here in this church. You know, there, there was one family, really, you know. Either you would go on a Sunday to someone's house or you would have visitors at home from the church. But it always was so heartbreaking, you know. Uh, not much talk about the Lord, but about plans I'm going to do. Have you heard about California? You know, you make so, so much money there, you know. And the houses are much cheaper. This and that, you know, always plans what to do. But very, very seldom you would hear that they ask the Lord about it, what to do. If it wasn't the Lord's will. And this is heartbreaking, you know, to see this. 
For we don't belong to ourselves, we are bought with a price. That is what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6.20. For he are bought with a price, and this is the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore glory God, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I believe with all my heart that one day when we will be at home with the Lord and we will see what God's intention was in our life and his plan, and you know he has a plan for each and every one that you should wonderfully fit in the body of Jesus Christ, in the church of Jesus Christ. He has a place for you to work. Many places are empty and not filled because Christians are carnally minded. But that day when we will see what God's intention was in your life and that you didn't yield to the Spirit of God, it will be a heartbreaking experience. For in all eternity, it will stay there. We can't do anything anymore. But now is the time to yield to the Spirit. If our Christianity exhausts itself just in coming to Sunday services and to read a couple of verses a day and we think God has, we have done God a, a, a pleasure, we have done what, what, what we are called to do. If this is all, it is certainly not so what the Lord wants us to do. I still hear the testament of uh, um, the testimony of our dear brother in the Lord, Reverend Dury, last Sunday. And you know, I ask myself, how come, you know, that a man like this, he could have stayed in suburbia too. He could have had a church like so many pastors have, you know, wonderful churches with wonderful neighborhoods, well-dressed people, wonderful program. But no, he went into the slum area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why did he have to do it? He was as fearful as you and I are to go into those neighborhoods. Isn't it fearful sometimes to walk through the streets here? Remember I had to do it at City College and it was late at night when I got out and had my pianos tuned, you know, that two Negroes ran after me. And I was full of fear, but I made it to the subway. It was in Philadelphia the other day and there is from the subway station a tunnel where you go to the uh, uh, Pennsylvania Railroad Station and it is a long walk and there's no light and there's a Negro standing with a crowbar in his hand and I have nothing and I'm alone shall I turn and run? I was full of fear and I prayed, Lord, it is with thee. And I walked and then he dropped the thing and it made a terrible noise in this tunnel. And maybe he, he, he had fear himself because it made such a tremendous noise and it didn't do me any harm. 
But why did uh, Reverend Drury have to go? As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And we could tell many stories, I think of Martin Luther. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him this great and wonderful truth which was valid for centuries that by faith we are saved and not by all works. That salvation is a gift. Remember when he was in Rome and he climbed the steps of St. Peter you know, and did those things what he used to do there, you know, in order to get saved, you know, all kind of work. Some would crawl through broken glass. But he crawled on the steps, from one step to the other, and they had to make certain prayers on each step to approach the altar. And then it came to him like a lightning bolt. The righteous will live by faith. The just, as it says in Romans 1.17, shall live by faith. And he saw that this couldn't do anything for him as far as eternity was concerned. That Jesus had paid the price. And that simple by simple faith he was saved. And then we see this other scene where before the court he has to stand in warmth. And there's the king and the cardinals and the bishops and all the glitter and the glam and the tinsel of the Catholic Church at that time. And he was standing there, alone. Not alone, the Holy Spirit was with him. And he said, this truth I have seen, and for this truth I stay up. I cannot understand. God help me. Amen. And God was with him. As many as are led by the Holy Spirit are the children of God. What a wonderful definition of a Christian. You know, we have the divine command in Ephesians 5, 8, if you want to read, uh, uh, write it down. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. It does not mean that we as Christians become puppets without a will. No, as we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit, we rejoice in it. For there is no greater joy than to know that we are in the will of the Lord. Therefore, Yuri, he could say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my position with your pastor here. I wouldn't do it. Why? Because he knows that he is in the will of the Lord. That he has yielded to the Spirit of God and that God wants him to be there. That in order that many might be saved there in the slum area. Isn't this wonderful? If it would be opposite, if we would be so carnally minded that we have set our things of those earthly things, we couldn't be happy. And there can, never can be deep joy. It's impossible, because we grieve the Holy Spirit. Then let's look into verse 16. 
It says the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is a wonderful thing, you know, this relationship, father-son relationship which we have, which cries out, Abba, Father, that we have. And that we know that in the Spirit, we have the assurance that we are children, children of God. I remember, you know, when we had this meeting at home and the priest was there and all the relatives, that at one point I said, I know that I have eternal life. And the priest couldn't take it. You know, he was holding his ears. He said, Franz, Franz, that's blasphemy. How can you say so? The Pope in Rome couldn't say so, and he wouldn't dare to say so. Why are you not humble? Someday we believe and we hope in the far future, in eternity, that we will make it. And I showed him John 6, 47, and those days already I had learned to put my finger on, and I had marked it, and it says, and this is what the Lord Jesus says, whosoever believes on me has eternal life. Has it now? It says the Lord Jesus cannot lie. I count on him and I believe in him. And I know that he has paid the price. And he couldn't understand. In Galatians 5.18 we read, but if he are let of the Spirit of God, he are not under the law. This is marvelous to know that we have this freedom and that we are not under the law. Let us look into First uh, Corinthians 2, 4. First Corinthians 2, 4. This is what uh, Paul says. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You know, this is so wonderful to see this here. I never would dare to stand up here and to say anything if I wouldn't believe in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. For I don't have this uh, uh, flowery speech with, which so many have, you know. So many preachers, you know, uh, especially I think it's some uh, church which are very liberal, you know. If you listen to them, they have a beautiful speech, you know, like an actor on a stage, you know. Like they would, uh, 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 you know, speak their, in their acts, you know, their, their plays. It is so beautiful and so wonderful. They can speak about everything. The beautiful world and what God has made, you know. But there is no power of the Holy Spirit. And there might be a, a dear brother in the Lord who just stands up and says a word for the Lord and his grammar gets tangled up and his English is very bad. But the power of the Holy Spirit is there and people are saved. And this is wonderful to see, this great truth. And my speech and my preaching 
was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Then let us uh, turn over to 2 Corinthians 3.17. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I hear the Lord Jesus say, I give you a peace like the world can't give. And he says, If the Son makes you free, you are free. Indeed. And how true that is for us. We know the Lord, that we have this liberty and this freedom which the world never can give. You know, the other day, and it was Saturday before um, Easter, I was working at Steinway Hall on 57th Street and it's very close to 6th Avenue. And then we heard the shouting and a, a, re, a great noise outside. And as we ran outside, there was a demonstration going on on 6th Avenue, and this is the first and the only one I have ever seen and an experience in America. And it was unbelievable what I heard, especially for me, for a man who comes out of uh, Nazi Germany, have been growing up there, I believe with all my heart that there is no country in this world where you can live that free as here. But there were the communist flags, the red flags and the Viet Cong flags. And there were young people shouting with their fists, Ho Chi Minh, make us free! Ho Chi Minh, make us free! And I felt very, very sorry for them. Ho Chi Minh can't set them free, and he will not. They are in terrible bondage over there. But it hurt me so much. But there is, this world cannot give the freedom this young people are looking for. And they are misled. And Satan is as busy as never before in this world. And the darkness is as great as never before in this world. And I believe with all my heart that the stage is set for the judgments of God to come. If the sun makes you free, you are free indeed. But how much should it worry us that the young people of our time don't have this freedom we have. And how great is our responsibility to yield to the Spirit and that we fill out the place and the plan which God has for our lives. This is my war day by day that I may speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ and may speak to someone about him. God has a plan for us, a wonderful plan for you and for me. May we yield to the Spirit of God. And then there will, we will be surprised 
and there will be a holy joy in us as we see what God can do with our lives. If we let take him over, if we let go, and this is a daily struggle that we say not only yes to our salvation day by day, but that we yield to the Spirit of God our lives. And this takes care of any pride, if any pride should be in our hearts. If the Lord uses us here and there and leading someone to the Lord is not what we do, but it's what the Spirit of God does. It comes from Him and we are instrumental and to his glory it goes back to him. So we give him the praise. And may we take this lesson with us. That we are all, as Christians, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But not all indwelt Holy Spirit, uh, uh, indwelt Christians, are infilled with the Holy Spirit. And the measure of infillment measure uh, uh, varies very much but may we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit let us pray Father we come to thee once more in this hour to thank thee for all thy love towards us and the Lord Jesus Christ for this wonderful teachings about concerning the Holy Spirit O Lord we thank thee for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit for the Lord Jesus said he will be with you, abide with you forever. And we thank thee for this ever-present Holy Spirit in our breast, in our lives. But Lord, this is our concern that we might be infilled by the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Father, that thou can use us in our lives. Lord, that we might glorify thee and that we fill out the place and the plan for which thou hast called us. For thy intention is that we should fill out the place which thou hast prepared for us, for each and every one. So Lord, help us that we really become infilled uh, Christians, which are infilled by the power and strength of the Holy Spirit, day by day, Lord. Bless us throughout this day. Bless the coming service. Give our dear pastor much joy and strength in the Holy Spirit and much freedom, Lord, to speak out thy word. Bless all the meetings today. Bless the young people. Bless the junior church and dear Frank Denton who is with us now, Lord. Bless him and Ron Slay and Lee Walsh and bless the evening service. May it be a wonderful day of fellowshipping with one another and with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.